Welcome to the Play Your Way podcast. I am your host, Brian Miller. And I am your other host, Ethan Mace. And today we are going to be looking back through our 2020 experience with gaming, uh, which might be a bit of a bold claim because uh, 2020 has been bold in itself. But lucky for us, we had a pretty good year in gaming, I would say. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know you cleared a lot of games. I don't know that I cleared as many as I could have, but I think I still got through a good amount. You, you have some quality titles in the in that uh, list. Oh, absolutely. There, yeah, so uh, today is episode two. We're going to be looking through uh, our 2020 year in gaming. We're going to be talking through the games that we played, that we beat, and just looking through games, you know, our, our highlights, you know, the top three games that we did play and beat this year, looking at the worst and why they were the worst. Uh, yeah, and just taking a trip through uh, 2020 memory lane. So uh, without a further ado, Ethan, what did your list look like? Yeah, so I ended up, playing and I played a lot of games but I ended up beating 10 games okay. uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 I mentioned that in the previous podcast right uh, I started playing it in 2019 but I ended up beating it this year so I'm definitely going to count that on this list All right Persona 5 Royal Persona 3 uh, I finished a, another run of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Not the first time I I had beaten Fire Emblem Three Houses, but there's multiple you know storylines to that game, and this was one that I had finished for there. Uh, yeah. I did this one or both of these next two with Brian. Uh, Halo <laughs> Combat Evolved and Halo Two. You can look on his yeah. Twitch for those streams. Uh, Aegis <sighs> Rim is the most recent one. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, that actually is probably the earliest new game of this year, if I remember right, I think it came out in January, Yeah. and Persona 1, hmm. that is the last one on this list. That's, that your, that's your 10 this year? That is my 10. Alright, well, w- walk us through, what, what were some of those highlights, what, you know, what were the top three of that list, what were, what were some of those worst moments to where you almost did not just, you just threw the game out, did you have some of those? Yeah, so, so we'll go ahead and start with the top three, yeah. and this is a fun one for me because this, top, I mean, two of these games in my top three are my top two all time. Right. This was... Yeah, you know, actually a really good year of gaming for me. I managed mm. to find uh, my two favorite games of all time. Yeah, that is big. Yeah, but we'll start with number three, which was Knights of the Old Republic 2. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, we or I modded it you know, a lot and added in a lot of the restored content that just didn't make it into the game at launch. Uh, if you know a lot about the game or just know much about the game in general, you'll know that the game had a very, very tough development they didn't have a lot of time to get the game out they were rushed and they had to cut out a significant portion of the game that they wanted in and but the files for it you know not fully completed you know partially are still there and there's a very dedicated fan base to this game out there who went out of their way to create the restored content and you know anybody can do this you just have to you know like a little bit of of modding knowledge, and even then, it was my first time ever modding a game. And if you like, just go on like the Reddit, they'll like they got guides there to walk you through it. It's really easy to do. It just takes time. Mm. So you just got to be determined to do it. Right. 
But but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to really play that game. Not not entirely how it was intended to be played, but a lot closer to to the vision. And, and right. does, doesn't change things like like severely, but it does add in a few new things. And and I like it. And it was enough for it to come in number three for me. Okay, okay, good to know. What is that? Was that number two? Number two is. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Okay, talk to uh, me. Now, not a lot of people ended up buying or playing this game, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. I don't know if, if they just didn't hear about it or if they just weren't interested in it. Right. But I was going to ask about the marketing because I, I I do tend to keep up to date with a lot of those, you know, those games like that, especially from Atlas, and I didn't hear much of anything. So I follow I like I follow Atlas West on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I knew about the game when it was coming out, right. but like that was really the only place I was hearing about it from. Right. And even then, like even from what I was seeing from them, there really wasn't a whole ton that like made me want to get the game when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like the game came out in September. I just beat it. I want to say Actually, let me look at my early, calendar early real quick. Distance, I'll, I'll give a date of when I beat it. I beat it on December 13th, and I didn't start playing it until probably December 1st. So that game had been out for almost you know two or three months before I even got to it myself. Right. And I regret that because that game was incredible. Uh, the the narrative was one of the best I had ever seen. the The story they they that they had that they told was so complex and just so good. Like yeah, really really good. The gameplay there is the there's the destruction, which is where a lot of the gameplay comes in. The destruction aspects aspect of the game, right? And yeah, that's where, that's where like most of the reviews knocked the game. They called that aspect repetitive. Uh, okay. But I I liked it. It never got boring to me. Hmm. It's something that you know, like I still find myself kind of wanting to pull that game up and and do that mode again oh, wow. sometimes. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it it was it was really good. I cannot recommend Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim enough to people. You know, I'll say it's kind of funny though. Uh, you beat it on December thirteenth. How fitting! It took you thirteen days to beat it. Uh, how fitting! Uh, which actually, that's that's a that's pretty quick. I mean, that's I mean thirteen days. I mean, just shy of two weeks. That's a, that's it's pretty quick to be a, a game like that. Right. Yeah. It's. It, it was. I think I had like my runtime came in at like forty five hours, something yeah. like that. So, yeah, solid. So yeah, I mean, it, it it definitely didn't feel like I spent that much time on it. Like just as like I said, as good as it was, like right. it just kind of kept going. Like it was never. It never felt like a real dull moment. Okay. So we, okay, we got Star Wars: The Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic two, and then now we've got Thirteen Sentinels. What was that number one? Number one, I mean, anybody that knows me, this is going to be obvious. It was Persona 5 Royal. Right. Before Persona 5 Royal came out, Persona 5 was my favorite game of all time. Mm. And Royal came out and they improved upon it somehow. They made a game that I thought couldn't really get much better. Mm. Better. 
uh, they, <laughs> they just flat out did it. The yeah, there was like a few aspects of the game that like people just didn't love, and they listened. They they improved those aspects. They added on the third semester, which I know Brian, you're playing through the game right now. You haven't got yeah. there yet, so I won't talk about it too much. But it. I mean, it, it was some of the best stuff that I've ever seen. Like, like it's not like Aegis Rim level of narrative, but, right. but like for Persona, like it was a really, really good narrative that they told in that third semester. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy that game so much. I, I cannot recommend that game enough. Again, it is my yeah. all-time favorite game. Oh, I know, I know you can't recommend it enough. You literally bought it for me for, what is it, our birthday or Christmas, something like that? Yeah, so, like, yeah it was you, your birthday, yeah. Yeah, you literally like, I'm literally recommending you this game yeah. by buying you, it for you. <laughs> here you go. It, I, um, I can't, yeah, I can't really recommend something more strongly than that. Uh, now, question though, um, if Persona 5, you know, before Royal came out, uh, was your favorite game, what what was, what, what held that top spot before Persona 5? And not, you know, not talking about you know Knights of the Old Republic 2 what really held that top spot before before Persona, Persona like the 5. original Persona 5 mm. hmm I now see I don't I never really kept like a running list okay if like now this this answer could change at any given moment <laughs> right but but looking back on it right now and and thinking about all the games that I that I, I've loved you know throughout my life hmm. it's probably going to be like mass effect 2 okay which I you know, another yeah. game that that i discussed last episode yeah right but yeah it's probably going to be that one okay okay gosh all right top three there we got knights of the republic 2 13 sentinels and persona 5 royal those are the highlights i mean that's just those three games alone i mean that's a pretty solid year but let's talk about that other seven that we uh, that you completed <laughs> Yeah, so we can hit on that. So from there, we had... I'll just start with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That was since that yeah. was the first one I did. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot was... It was fun. I enjoyed it. I don't have a whole ton to say about it. it mm. For the most part, it's a, it's pretty much just a game that will kind of take you through the story of Dragon Ball Z. And I think it does a good job of that. Right. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it... it can and will get repetitive but if you're you know if you know that and you're okay with it then then yeah i think i can recommend that game for you now i wouldn't recommend the game for anybody who's not a dragon ball z fan right obviously no but for somebody like me who grew up with it and and still loves it i think it is a i think it's a good game for somebody like that okay fire emblem three houses i mean i don't really know how much i can really say about this i played this game you know, so many times now, I put. I don't even. I don't even know how many hours I put into that game. I mean, one run is technically supposed to take you eighty hours. They usually take me longer. Gosh. And I am currently on a third run. I'll come back to at some point. Right. But. But yeah, I mean, it's it. I've played a lot of Fire Emblem games. Three Houses was the first one I ever actually beat. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I like it a lot. I, I mean, obviously, obviously, if I'm still, if I still come back to it at this point, I must, you know, like it a lot. Right. But yeah, it, it's, I think it's a really good game. I know, Brian, me and you have been discussing, you want to get into the Fire Emblem series at, right. at some point, and 
and to me, I, I mean, to a lot of people, I think I would recommend it. I think that's a really good jumping off point. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily uh, playing all of the routes in once in like before you move on to any other game, but like sitting down and playing a route and then maybe moving on to another game and maybe at some point coming back to clear the other routes. Right. But yeah, I definitely think that is a good place to start like your fire emblem. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like just like for anybody, not just you, but just anybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. a good place to start out at. And I think you've done a pretty good job of just convincing me to really get into the series. I mean, I remember, well, you also got me into Super Smash Bros. as well because we always hang out and play it, and which was an introduction to so many Nintendo franchises as well. That's mm-hmm. really where I first um, learned about Fire Emblem and all of these, you know, Japanese uh, sword fighters, as Twitter says. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if it wasn't for Smash Brothers, there wouldn't be Fire Emblem in the West. Right. Yeah, like good the, point. The, pop, the popularity of Melee and Roy and Marth in them is what, you know, made Nintendo decide to yeah. make or to bring Fire Emblem Blazing Sword, I believe, to the West. I believe mm-hmm. it's Blazing Sword. I think that was the seventh one. But that was the first game to come to the West. And from there, the game, you know, from there, the history of the, like the series was... Uh, a little iffy, like Blazing Blazing Sword did like did well. Uh, Sacred Stones did okay. Then the two Tellius games on the GameCube and the Wii they did not sell well. And then there was the DS remake of the first game that did not sell well. And then they did not. And then they did a, rem- a DS remake of the third game, which is a sequel to the first game. Right. And they didn't even release that in America. Because they were like, they were like, no one in America wants to buy Fire Emblem, and that right. game just didn't even sell in Japan. And it was to the point where like, well, we're not, we're like, the series is going to be canceled if if it doesn't. Like, you have one more game to like yeah. convince right. us that this could keep should keep going. And I think they did a pretty good job at at, at kind of uh, of squandering what's left of that. And honestly, not just like you know at a at a very bare minimum level. I think it's it's only up from here. For the series here in the yeah, West. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like Awakening came out and, and really rejuvenated the series from there. Fates, yeah. a lot of people consider it a misstep, but sold really well. And then Fire Emblem Three Houses is, you know, this you know, is what we're currently have, and I think it's a phenomenal game. And, and if you think about it too, like the Nintendo Switch, gosh, it is selling phenomenally, phenomenally, and it, which is a good thing. And I bet you there's so many, you know, first nine first time nintendo buyers or or just those kind of like me getting back into gaming and nintendo switch kind of just was the start of that revitalization and guess what you have these big titles you got fire emblem three houses you know maybe you you don't know much about it but you got a switch you want to get into nintendo a bit more here we go we got we got fire emblem three houses looks great like i'm not gonna lie it looks phenomenal it's it's more of you know I think a lot of people it's 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 new you don't right. know too much about it even the genre you know is is a it's bit very unique genre. unique exactly so uh, I I'm excited though and and that's uh, we'll talk more about probably three houses when I get to it and when I plan to get to it and things of that nature but yeah you've done a pretty you you've sold me it'll be on my list soon yeah so so next on the list uh, this is a game that I enjoyed a lot the Final Fantasy VII remake oh yeah. Okay. I, I, pl- I played it. I, funny enough, I've never really like I played it, but I never beat the original one. I think I will okay. go back. 
I don't know when. Like yeah. I want to say, I want to say soon, but right. Uh, but you know, back to back to Fire Emblem real quick. Like I've like I've told Brian this. I want to play through that entire series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would rather do that first <laughs> than play Final Fantasy VII, like the original one. All right. Final Fantasy VII Remake was a really, really good game. And I know I know a good amount of... I may have never played it, but I know a lot about that game and like the various other games, like the spinoffs from that game. Yeah. So like what was happening in that game was not lost on me. Okay. And I mean, I thought they handled it really well. I know that... I know the... Again, I won't jump into spoilers on it. I know the, the ending was controversial to a lot of people, but I thought it was a pretty neat place that they were taking it to and okay. i'm very excited to see what they do with that next hmm. yeah yeah that that's um i think final fantasy 7 will be a great introduction to the final fantasy series for mm-hmm. me as well because i've never played a final fantasy game and uh i don't know that i don't i don't know if it's because of the remake recently or what but it's definitely one of those games that um i want to that i want that to be the introduction to my final fantasy game I think it's a good place to to jump into it. The only other modern one was 15, which I've played and beat, but I I wouldn't recommend that as a starting place. It's not right. it doesn't really feel like a lot yeah. of other fire emblem games. And then again, the, like a lot of them don't really feel like each other, but that one really kind of feels yeah. out of place, you know. And thinking about it too, um luckily Final Fantasy 7 is very accessible. I mean, you you could get it originally on the PS1 which which for the longest time was on my list to do and then I kind of recently convinced myself to get it on the PS4 eventually yeah. for the remake but it's also on the Switch like the original one is on the Switch as well so like if I for whatever reason I'm like I want to play the old one I I got to get it on the Switch yeah it's 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 on all of the uh, Xbox Switch PlayStation yeah. I think it right. like I think it comes with like a speed up function built into the game to like help with because you know, obviously it's an older RPG. There's going to be some level grinding built into it, right? And so like speed up function kind of helps with that and whatnot. But yeah, I mean it's it it's a good thing to have. I think it I, again I will play it at some point. I just have absolutely no clue when yeah. I will do it. Right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So moving on, I'll, I'll handle these next two. Uh, at the same time because i feel like they kind of go hand in hand they're like two sides of the same coin okay uh halo combat evolved and halo 2 right this was an interesting experience for me because these weren't my first halo games but these were Mm. my first time ever playing like these two halo games Mm. like for my backstory like i had i had played halo 4 i can't remember if i beat it but i had played it i had played and beaten halo 3 and reach though okay but never one and two because i didn't have an original xbox back mm. oh no sorry that's not true i did have one i didn't have them on the original xbox that's what i meant right. to say gotcha and these i i don't think they necessarily have aged poorly well combat evolved was uh, we'll, we'll we'll tackle that one first before we jump into to, right. like, to two Combat Evolved was an experience. I didn't dislike the game, but I also did not enjoy every moment of that game that I was right. having. You can you can tune into those streams and yeah. and and hear the frustration that I had with that game where it was 
it was frequently like, cause we were playing on the master chief collection yeah. and it was frequently like, Oh, well we're kind of lost right now. So I guess we better switch to like, we're, we were switching back yeah. and forth between like the remastered visuals and the default visuals trying to see like what stood out on both of them to try to give us a hint on where we should go. There was like the, just the map designs were really bugged me. I don't like, I don't like an entire game designed around, Hey, go to this point. Okay, cool. You got to this point. All right, now go back to where you started. Right. Like I don't like, it was just, it was very frustrating to, I mean, literally the whole game revolved around it. You start the game in, in, in like a cryo chamber and you, at the end of like the final mission you walk past, like you don't end it there but you have to go past it to get to it and you don't go too far past it to end the game but it, it was it was just a very frustrating experience to to play that game as i don't know if we want to talk about it more if you have more to say about it on your section um. or we want to handle it all here I, I can follow up with that when I talk about mine, but I, I was just going to say we joked around about uh, Ikea level design yes. Uh, yes. much in that game. Um, yeah. really did feel like Ikea and literally had arrows on the ground, which, not going to lie, were actually helpful. <laughs> well, it, and it wasn't, and they weren't in the default, and like the default right. graphics. They were in the remastered because yeah. they knew, like, like yep. yeah, these aren't the best designs. But Good then point. we get to Halo 2. And I had so much fun with that game. <laughs> that game was a lot of fun because for the most part, they got like, I think that it, it happened like, like occasionally where it was like, Hey, go to this place, then come back. I think it happened. I think it happened like once or twice, but it was extremely, extremely rare. Like the game was just not based around it or, or if it was like, it was hidden a lot better. Uh, and, like the combat just felt better. The, the flood missions and like which in the first game were just kind of annoying. The second game were uh, it was actually like kind of intense. Like right, yeah. I don't I don't know I don't remember if we played this particular one on stream or not, but I remember like we were doing one of them. Um, we were playing as the Arbiter, and like I was talking with you, and I was like I feel like I, I actually feel like nervous right now. Like you yeah. can kind of yeah. feel, like feel how intense this one is right, right. here. Yeah, definitely. I remember that. Um, but yeah, just the the complete op, like just the improvement, like yeah. period, the improvement from one to two, it is kind of crazy. Just how big of a jump they did with just level design. Period. Level design. Yeah, simple as that. And it, it's an, I know it's funny because a lot of people will tell you like they're, they're like top things that a game has to have for it to be for it to be like good to them. And for me, like story used to be like the top thing story still important to me, but it's no longer the top thing for me. For me, gameplay has now become the top thing because ultimately if a game's not fun, it doesn't really matter how good the story is. I'm not going to like, I'm yeah. not going to stick around. You'll yeah. hear about this very soon with probably the last game I mentioned. That's a good point, and I just I, I'm just gonna insert it randomly too because it's really not on my list. But I, I told you um, mm-hmm. recently I started the Professor Layton series. Yes. Uh, on the DS, uh, I just you know I had one. I found out like a yard sale, the Diabolical Box, and it was Nintendo, and, and you know I was excited, and I know there's a storyline and this and that, and uh, the gameplay, it, you know, it's a lot of mini puzzles, but these puzzles are hard. 
<laughs> you know, depending on and someone who's not very uh, good at puzzles, um, like I'm constantly looking through a walkthrough, and I realized I was like, hmm, do I continue playing, attempting these puzzles that I know I'm not going to uh, be able to complete unless I look at a walkthrough? And keep in mind, there's like 150 puzzles throughout the entire game. Right. Uh, do I do I sacri- Do I continue to push through for the sake of the story, or do I just you know? I have to rack this one up and to be honest i had to rack it up like i wanted to follow along with the story but i'm like is it worth it me 150 times going to the internet to help me solve this puzzle just to yeah. get to the story you know well, i have a i have a similar story and, and we'll we'll hit on it when i when i talk about my my worst game of the year we'll right. we'll hit on uh my my, right. my biggest dnf of the year too right because they kind of go hand in hand but but yeah, like back to back to Halo Two. Uh, that I mean, it was just just the level design and the improvement of that and the gameplay. It was just it was just so much better than yeah. than the first one, and it got me to the point where uh, sometime in twenty twenty one, if I can find the time again, <laughs> there's a lot of Fire Emblem games. <laughs> but uh, at some point in twenty twenty one, I do intend on going through the rest of the Master Chief Collection and. Yeah. I mean, because they're relatively short games, you know, so right. it shouldn't take me too long. And they are, honestly might be a, a nice little break from, yeah, from Fire Emblem every now and then. Uh, but yeah, I intend on clearing the rest of that collection. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I can see you definitely doing that. I, I, I saw the, uh, the, the, the interest kind of diminish with one, but then once we got to two, I was like, okay, it's only up from here for, with them. That's the, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, like when you made the decision, like, you know, you like, two was going to be the end for you i was legitimately disappointed and i was like yeah. i was like i'm having fun with this but right. but i was like i'm still gonna do it myself regardless of uh, yeah. you know if brian does or doesn't want to mm-hmm. but yeah so i mean that's i think that's all i have on that one i guess okay. now we're on to my last game that i beat this year and yep. the worst game that i played this year oh persona one or hot takes it is, or the not actually as it's called like let me, let me get his full title pulled up real quick yeah i guess uh, hot, hot take alert hot take alert ah uh, here we go yes so the the remake is called shimigami tensei persona hmm. in america and i did not enjoy that game not no, in the why is that it, it is because the remake is and i get why they do this. I'm just not mm. a fan of it. The remake is so beholden to the mechanics of the bait of like the source material. Like in my opinion, and this is an older game too. So, but even when this game came out, like in my opinion, that's not really a formula for success. Like in, in games like of this age, the, the game is, incredibly grindy like yeah. my goodness the amount of time i i wasted i think i remember texting you one day like i think i'm gonna beat it today uh, yeah. and then like and then like two days later i texted you yep i beat it finally and i'm like i'm like, yeah. you're like how did two days right. pass uh, right it was like i literally had to spend just two days grinding to beat the final boss and it's not it to me is not a fun game at all i tell you what it, it's got a, it's got a good story Right. It's got a good story, but again, if the gameplay is not good, it doesn't really matter. It it yeah. it drags down the entire experience to a point where 
where like you you're missing out on the story or you're just not really remembering the story that well because you're so frustrated with with how the game itself is going right well it brings me to my point i'm surprised you actually beat it <laughs> like i'm surprised you committed to it that much you're like nope i don't care how frustrated i'm gonna get i've invested this amount of time you're gonna be beat well that's like the frustration was like really settled like it was settling in early like in between like in between like the gameplay like the combat is, system is just not that fun uh, the grinding is not fun. Uh, the soundtrack is is okay in some places, but really annoying for the most part. Jeez, there was this one part where I was I was talking with a friend of ours, uh, a mutual friend of ours, and I was explaining the situation to him. Because like, there's a little casino in the game where you can go to and and more grinding uh grind out some like coins to unlock like better like weapons or materials and and whatnot and i was describing to him and i'm like dude i'm in literal hell right now doing this i am i am like just sitting here playing this gambling game which uh, it was like a logic based game so you had to act like it wasn't like a slot machine where you can just like let it go Right, and you had to actually like think while doing it, and and it wasn't like it wasn't fun think either. <laughs> and, like there's a song that was playing. I think it was uh I think it was School Days off of the Persona soundtrack, which is a good song. I like it a lot, but on repeat while I'm just getting demolished by this casino game constantly. The song gets really old really quick, and I'm like, I feel like I'm being tortured right now. Right, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, just ultimately, like the the game just it was too beholden to to those mm. old school mechanics, and right. I, I I know a lot of people are calling for remakes of that game, Persona One or Persona Two: Innocent Sin, Persona Two: Eternal Punishment, and I say. No, I say, unless <laughs> okay. they, I say unless they remake them in a way that that is more aligned with with modern Persona, where yeah. again the gameplay is just more. And again, like this is subjective, obviously. Yeah. Like what's fun to me is not going to be fun to, right. to to everybody else. But I feel like that is more in line with with where just kind of games are at nowadays. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like that. I just don't feel like those are. I just feel like those are games that are really going to succeed in a in a, in today's environment. I don't. I don't think Atlas would put out games like that, knowing they're probably not really going to sell that well. The fan right. bases for those games, like while very loud, I don't really think are that large. Mm-hmm. And and like while they will buy them regardless, I think you're not going to pull in a lot of people unless they're more in line with the modern games and either way like no matter what choice you make you're gonna upset people i think sure yeah definitely it it would it would boast well to uh just improve the mechanics like again if you can't play it now it'll make those who are nostalgic for the game who played it when it you know around the time it came out you know it's a heyday because that's what they remember but for those who, who are just getting into it I mean, there are, there are, uh, some people who, I mean, there are some people who like, oh, I guess I didn't talk about Persona 3. Mm, yeah. I didn't talk about that. 
Uh, we'll get to that after this. That's yeah, one more game that I played, and I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but there are some people. I mean, I I think that was like their first game because they had PSPs. Right. I'm like that was their first game in the series, and I'm like that. I mean, that's a rough to me. That's a rough place to start. Like if you start on like if you start on like three or three Fez or four or four golden or five or five Royal, I feel like you're in a much better place. Cause you've just, you they're I feel like they're more enjoyable games, but right. But yeah, these, I mean, they're just, I mean, they're just different style games. I mean, that's why I kind of consider like, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, I feel like that, like the first three games are kind of their own trilogy. And then there was a break in the style of games that then launched into modern persona, which is what we're currently in now. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about this one a little bit more because after I beat that one, I started playing persona two innocent sin, the, uh, the remake of that one. Right. And I was like, I was like, well, this is the game that everybody talks about as their favorite in the series. They're like, this is the best one by far. Story is so good. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well let's see here. And I yeah. sat down and I played it, and I got halfway through it, and I quit. It was oh like, it, I don't usually get that far into a game and quit. Usually, yeah. if I if I stop playing a game, it's pretty early on. I rarely quit a game out of frustration. Right, I mean, Persona 1's a testament to that. Right, as I rarely do I quit a game out of frustration. And I'm, <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, and I remember it vividly. I'm going through... Uh, one of the dungeons in the game, and it was, oh my gosh, and like I had gotten to the boss door, but I was underleveled for the boss, so I needed to grind a little bit, Right. and so I am, I am grinding in front of the boss, and I die, and I have to restart the dungeon, and I'm like, nope, I'm done playing this game, because <laughs> like, I did not have fun getting to that point, and right. it, like ultimately, like the mechanics were the same as the first mm-hmm. game, and, and like, like yeah, the story is better, but the mechanics were the same, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that again. Like, I, like right. I didn't want to keep, I didn't want to just keep doing that for another half of a game, plus Persona Two Eternal Punishment. Right, and you, and you just and back then you you went from persona one straight into persona two yeah pretty much okay so yeah yeah that mentality of i'm not doing this again i'm sure was very real yeah but yeah that is uh that that has been that was my experiences this year with the first two persona games i guess we can wrap this or just wrap my side up with the last game on my list that i somehow forgot to talk about yeah persona Three, Persona Three. So this was the first year that I had. That was the first time that I played it. Uh, I had been putting off playing this game for so long because Reason being. how one just how old it was. Like I and I had expected that I, I had been hearing rumors and been expecting a remake to come, but eventually it got to a point where I just felt like playing it, and yeah. I, I didn't want to wait too much longer to to get that in. Yeah. So I decided to, and I was going to start with Persona 3 Portable first. Uh, okay. I've had this discussion with you about Persona yeah. 3 Portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that first, and I was not enjoying my time there. I, I like, 
I tried to play that and it just was not like I was just not it was just, it wasn't grabbing me for some reason and I, I couldn't figure out why and like I put like like eight hours into it like the first like the first time yeah. and it just didn't really have me so I'm like oh well that's unfortunate and I stopped but then like a week later I came back and I was like okay let's try it again Persona 3 Portable let's just give it one more go and I put like five more hours in and it still didn't grab me. And ultimately it was like, and I, I don't have a problem with visual novels themselves. Like the Danganronpa series is a series of games that I enjoy a lot, but the visual novel aspect of like, for like persona games was just not working for me. Hmm. Every, like it just did not work for that game for me at least. And I, it was like, I really want to play this game though. So I did a little bit more research and I figured out, Hey, Persona 3 Fez is on the PlayStation 3 store. You can buy it there mm-hmm. and like nice. emulate it on your play, on your PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, now I'm debating because the whole reason I picked Portable was because you can control your party members and not controlling your party members kind of sucks. Right. And so I was like, well, whatever. I really want to play this. So we'll just like, it's, it's really cheap. We'll roll those die and we'll figure out if we can make it work. Mm. So I buy Fez, I played through it, and it worked. I played it and I enjoyed it. Not controlling party members was about as bad as I expected it to be. Okay. It, it was not a fun experience to do that. But all in all, like I, I enjoyed that game a lot. Mm. Now, again, I like if I was ranking like modern Persona games, like Persona 5 Royals number one. Yeah. Persona 4 Golden is number two, and Persona 3 Fez is number three. Like, it's, it's the third, to me, is number, it's going to be number three on that list. It's, it's the oldest one. It's hampered the most by its age. Yeah. And, and while it's not a bad game, it's, it's definitely not better than any of them. It's got a really good story. A lot of people say it's the best of the modern ones. I disagree. It takes, <laughs> it takes a very long time to get going. Okay. And, and when it gets going, wow, it's, it really is good mm-hmm. and it is going. But, I mean, like, the, like it doesn't start going till like, October. Gosh. The game starts in, like, March or April, if I right. remember correctly. It's um, a long time. Yeah. And then, and also at the end, and also, like, I, this feeling stuck with me a lot, too. By the time I was at the end of the game, I was just rushing through because I was like, I'm just ready to be done with it. And I had never, like, I didn't ever have that experience with, with five or four, you know? So, like, so for me, like, it's a good game. I like it. Probably might go back and play it again at some point. But, but it is not, I can't put it, you know, any higher. Now, it's better than one and, and two Innocent Sin. Mm-hmm. But that's not the highest bar to clear. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it's firmly three on, on my list of Persona games. Okay. All right, that's your that's your list of 2020 games. Not bad. I I still I still like what you did with with those games. A lot of Persona, a ridiculous amount of Persona. Yeah, a lot, well, a lot of JRPGs in general for you this year, which which right. is kind of, I'm kind of seeing a a theme with you, and it's it's rubbing off on me as well. So yeah, I mean I I think I think I might have a type. Right, right. Again. Uh, I'll say this, and this could go kind of on the last episode of kind of where we're at in gaming now is 
when I first got into gaming again in 2019, I'll tell you what, the most unique and the, the number one genre that piqued my interest in terms of collecting and playing was JRPGs. I don't really know why. I'm sure I can dig a little bit more, but they're, they're, they're very intriguing. Um, and they have, a lo- they have a lot packed into them. I think that's also another reason. Right. But man, oh man, it took you, I mean, it took you a good while to start kind of coming around on playing longer games. Yeah. There's not a lot of short JRPGs. No. Nope. There's that. But yeah, speaking of that, let's, let's go through the list of, uh, of the games that I played this year. It's so funny because there's, yeah, there's, there's games on this list that I did not complete. I'll, I'll just briefly talk to talk about them, but, uh, Overall, my 2020 games that I played and beat this year total up to 27, which is insane to me. I, I still can't wrap my mind around going from two games in 2019 to 27 games in 2020. That's impressive. Uh, it, it really is. Now, the question is, can I keep the consistency right going into the following years? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I'll go over my 27 games. Number one, remember very vividly, this was, and now that we're getting close to this point, started this game at the very end of December. Nikki actually got a 3DS for me for Christmas last year, 2019, and I I bought Kid Icarus Uprising. Okay. And I started that game at the end of December, and I, pl- I remember staying up for New Year's, playing that game just like drinking a red bull just just plowing through that game uh and i ended up beating it in in 2020 that was my very first game and that was the start of what's to come there's four games here i beat in january kid icarus uprising on the 3ds pretty pretty fun game Not, nothing crazy but it was fun i'll say that it was fun it was my first kid icarus game got introduced once again by super smash brothers grateful for that for sure uh, number two, Mario Odyssey. Okay. Um, this is actually a game I like. We've got early on when we got the Nintendo Switch, and I you know, I was on like the second or third world, but never finished it. And since I was on a very goal-driven perspective for 2022 play and beat games, I was like, let's go back to Mario Odyssey. Let's pick up where we left off and put in a, you know another 15 hours, and and I enjoyed it. it I understand why it's a good game and might be one of the best Mario 3D Mario games that people herald. It was a good game. My first Mario game, too. It was good. Yeah, I played that one. I like that one a lot. It's it's not my favorite one, but I do remember it. And yeah, I think it was a really good game. It it, it was fun. I'm glad I'll say this. I'm glad it was my first 3D Mario game for sure. Very enjoyable. Number three, uh, Sonic Forces. Oh, we have talked so much about this <laughs> freaking game. I don't, I don't know why, but we have. It's popped up here and there in conversation. Keeps up. Uh, funny, funny enough, again, my very, and you'll see, you'll see a trend. This year was my first of many, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. Uh, when it comes to series and franchises, like this year, like I played my first, you know, this franchise and that and this, and we'll go over it. But once again, Sonic Force is my first Sonic game. And again, I'm glad it was because it's the newest Sonic game, which as someone who, again, is is getting back into video games and, and is playing these series for the first time, you know, usually your newest, most graphically enhanced, you know, peaked series franchises um, are going to be a good introduction and kind of sets the tone 
when going back to play the other games. So Sonic Forces, um, first Sonic game, it was fun. The, I, I like the soundtrack. I think it went very well with the level design of what Sonic is. I know we've had this conversation conversation before. Well, the, the, this conversation was just it was just a little <laughs> odd because I came well because I came to you one day because it was after you started playing Persona Five Royal. Yeah, and I was asking you how you were enjoying the soundtrack to that, mm-hmm. and you had said I don't, and I'm sure your opinion on it has changed since then. But yeah. but you were saying how it hadn't really st- stood out to you yet, right? And, and like at some point later, you would you would just mentioned I don't only I think it was related to that. It was just in passing you had mentioned the Sonic Forces soundtrack is one that had stood out to you. Yeah, and I had to like I had like a in like real time. I did a double take like, like <laughs> Sonic Forces. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll say this too, and and I think this is a good perspective to have. You know, you have I, I consider you as you know, I, I don't know, if veteran is the right terminology to put on it, but you you you've got some experience with some video games on your belt. Right. I don't. So a lot of this stuff is like brand new for me. So like mm-hmm. I, I'm just viewing it, you know, through a different lens. And so you're going to hear some random takes like, yeah, Sonic Forces soundtrack really stood out to me. Persona 5, not yet, but maybe in the future. That's the thing. That's the thing. It, like the, saying the Sonic Forces soundtrack stands out to you, like it, it might, it's not necessarily like a bad take. It was just like a, it was definitely just one where I was like, I was like, I was not, that was not what I was expecting to be said in this moment. Right. Well, again, we're, we're talking about yeah. Persona 5 Royal, you know, right. those just, it's, it's a weird juxtaposition. I know, yeah. But yeah, so again, January, got Kid Icarus, Mario Odyssey, Sonic Forces, and my last game that I played in January was Borderlands. Um, And I'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Out of the three games that I'm ranking the best that I played and beat this year, Borderlands is number one. And and I have to, and we've talked about this, and the reason why is because of what it did. Like, the, the fun that it actually instilled in me. Like, all of these games, yeah, there was fun to be had. I did enjoy them. But Borderlands was the only game where I would go to work and I was ready to get home just to get back on the console and play. Took me by surprise. Again, it's a, it's a first-person shooter. Cool, yeah, I'm a big Call of Duty fan. But for online reasons, not necessarily for single-player right. reasons. I was even hesitant to even start Borderlands because I know many people usually play Borderlands, the even, the, you know, the story mode co-op, you know, with other people. So I was kind of hesitant, like, is this going to be a bit harder for me to even play? And I started it and I loved it. It completely caught me by surprise. Never played a Borderlands game before. It was it was so fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never played Borderlands myself. I've wanted to, but I've never done it. I've heard a lot of people though who have and they've always enjoyed it so yeah i i didn't know it was your favorite of the year though that that surprised me yeah well and again i i it was one of those things is like i i have to respect it for what it what it did do you know right. it, any game that is making me want to just hurry up and race home like a kid again to play the game yeah no that's that you're absolutely right there so yeah borderlands and in which is funny, I'm looking at my other two games of the year. People are probably going to be very confused when Borderlands is my number one compared to what it's going up against. But it's okay. It's okay. New perspective. You view me as a new gamer. I don't care. So number five, this was the beginning of February. Persona 4 Golden. That was this year. It was this year. It's been so a long now, now year. I'm, now I'm looking at you funny. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, funny enough, 
Persona 4 Golden is going to be number two personal game of the year of the games I played and beat here mm-hmm. in 2020. My very first JRPG, I would say. My very first Persona game. My very first PS Vita game. I was playing it on the actual PlayStation Vita. Um, I had just got the console. And it took me a while to to understand, to adjust, to to commit fully. There was a there was a time where I put like three or four hours and I was texting, I was like, I'm still in the tutorial. Is mm-hmm. this what's supposed to happen? Yep. <laughs> very like, normal. Yeah, very normal. I'm like, okay, let me readjust. This is a slower game. I, I need to need to adjust accordingly. And I think if I were being completely honest, I think I did put it down. I had put it down for for a short amount of time, but then picked it back up and ended up finishing it, so I thought. Right, yeah, I remember that when you put it down then. Yeah, so played it, um, and, and of course, because it's a brand new series for me, I didn't know there was tasks and certain things you had to achieve in order to get the definitive edition, the golden edition with the extra content, until it was too late-ish. I tell you what, though, because by that point, I was just that this was my longest game I've ever played. And I'm not being funny, like legitimately, like I don't think I've played a game like as long as Persona 4 Golden. So once I got to the point of, oh, okay, I'm done. Like I took a deep breath. But then once I found out I was not done, it was a it was it was pretty big sigh of are you serious? If I really want to get the full story and game, I have to commit. Gotta get the true ending. Yeah, I gotta get the true ending. So that was when I did put it down for probably two to four weeks. It went back, and I'm glad. I'll say this: I'm glad that if you do make that decision, you say you can save in a way to where, if you did want to go back and recorrect your steps to get that true ending, you can. Even for Mm -hmm. someone who is not that savvy enough to try to figure that out going back, I was able to do it. Thankfully. Right, yeah, I mean, the, the the games do a good job of letting you know, like, hey, yeah. this is important, so <laughs> so you should probably save before you go into it. Yeah, yep. I was impressed, because when you, when you first told me that you got the bad ending, and, and like, like, I thought you were never coming back to that game, and I was like, all right, that's just his experience with the game, that's unfortunate, but I it, even it is told what myself that, yeah, I told myself that, because I literally went on YouTube immediately after, and I'm like, I'm going to watch the true ending, I'm not playing this. <laughs> And then the next time that I heard from you about this game, you were texting me about the final boss, like final asking boss. me for tips on the final boss. Which, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried because I did not want to get to this point and just straight up have to either grind a lot or just straight up just like, I just suck so badly that I cannot beat the final portion of the game. Right. Uh, with some with some wiggle, wiggling around um, and, and using some different strategies that I normally didn't use, like you know just mechanics to like lower attack or increase defense and stuff like or that, or controlling your party members. <sighs> yeah, which thinking about it now, maybe maybe I did that. I don't even know if I corrected that part. <laughs> I still can't believe you played. I think you you told me you 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 yeah. switched them to direct control. I still can't believe okay. you played the majority of that game on uh, on yeah. just letting them do what they want. Almost the entire game, and guess I, what? I, if it wasn't for that final, <laughs> if it wasn't for that final boss, I would have finished the game just letting them, my party members do whatever they want to. <laughs> Which, again, personally, I feel like that's how games should be. If there's an option, like 
the the game design should be to where okay it's possible to beat this game with you know your party members controlling themselves because maybe that's just good game design but i know there's it's a little iffy so yeah i mean i mean anytime anytime you're going to give me the choice between controlling my party members and not controlling my party members i'm absolutely going to control them because i don't trust them i don't want to lose a fight because i don't (laughs) trust them to make the choice i need them to make but i know i will make the choice that needs to be made right yeah so that happened and again and i've told you about this too during during my playthrough you know it was one of those okay i'm enjoying this yeah but you know i'm ready for it to be over but looking back at Persona 4 Golden, I'm, I look back very fondly and really do appreciate the game for what it was. Mm. And, and yeah, thoroughly glad I, I pushed through that. I think I ended with about 55 to 60 hour playthrough on that game. Complete. Uh, doing everything wow. I needed to. Um, and which, it, which is actually a bit ahead of schedule compared to the reviews and, and um, average times that I saw. How much did you say? About 55 to 60 hours. Yeah, I, put, I put way more to that and i now, and i went to that game after persona 5 so i knew what i was doing going into it right. i still put way more into it no i didn't complete every social link and confidant or, or whatever you want to call it I, I did not do that i have no so. clue how to like like persona 5 royal i got a pretty good idea of how to complete every every confidant in one run uh persona 4 golden i have absolutely no clue how how i would go about doing that no no so yeah, the, again, we're still early on in this list, which is it, which is kind of crazy. Just thinking about the you know the immense amount of games I played, right. but completely on the flip side, I, I go from Persona Four Golden to Pokemon Shield. Okay, <laughs> uh, which is which is a transition for sure. You know, and, and this is what I typically do. You know, when I play a very intense like you know non Nintendo game or just like a lengthy game, I. I I usually go to like a like a more brighter, colorful, laid back Nintendo specific game. Like after Persona Five, I'm literally going to uh, Paper Paper Mario: The Origami King on the Nintendo Switch just to give me some color and some Nintendo vibes. I'm missing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Pokemon Shield. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was a little easy, and that's coming from me who loves easy games and um, stays away from very hard and difficult, challenging games. It was fun. I, it, it was nice to get back into Pokemon because this was the first Pokemon game I played since Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And then from there, the last one I played was like Pokemon Diamond back when I was in middle school. Oh, so wow. it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. And so, yeah, it, you know, I did nothing much to say on there, but Pokemon Shield was fun. I did end up playing through the uh, DLC, both DLC, Crown Tundra and Isle of Armor were fun. Um, there were nice little breaks, nice, enjoyable times. Uh, to get back to just give me more motivation to play, you know, through some through, through more of my backlog. Uh, so, for example, uh, number seven, Luigi's Mansion on the okay. GameCube. I ended up playing that this year. Glad I did. That was fun. It was a shorter game, which was more approachable. Uh, I played this around, I think, maybe mid-February, early March. And, yeah, it was fun. I, I'm always happy to play some GameCube titles because, uh, you know, I said this the first episode. Never grew up with a GameCube, but boy, do I just love it for whatever reason. It just takes me, like, it takes me back to a time, like, as if I grew up with it. And I never did. So, like, playing through these GameCube titles are just, just awesome. Number 10, or sorry, number 9. I, no, actually, no, number 8. What am I thinking? 
uh, skipping through a whole lot. Number eight, this one was a co-op game me and my wife played. Uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on the Nintendo Switch. Okay. This was fun. This was very fun, especially, well, there were some moments where, you know, things got a little intense, but it's a very casual, very laid-back game. Highly recommended as just a very casual game to play in general on the Switch. Like, I, I think this is an underrated game, and I know it was on the Wii U as well. I don't know how much or how well it sold, but I'm glad, very, very glad that they brought it to the Switch. And the Switch version has um, Mario Odyssey levels that you really? can play as bonus levels. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if this is what you meant exactly by intense, but but I, I know despite best intentions, co-op games can always get a little intense yeah. just because just they can get a little testy sometimes. What, especially when you have to work together. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, just back to back to our two our our two yeah. co-op games um there were a few times where i could remember we us getting like frustrated with each other during halo and halo 2 yeah and, and that's not even a game that's really that intensive when it comes to having to work together yeah you have to work right. together but you can usually hold your own ish right i mean i've, I've suggested i've suggested a co-op stream of, of portal 2 many times and that if you <sighs> want to yeah, Isaiah, if you want to see something that would get very contentious, like just no, between the two of us, yeah, that would be the one. Gosh. Losing friendships there for sure. But uh, yeah, that that was a fun game. I I didn't I actually haven't I played a little bit of the Mario Odyssey uh, bonus um, levels, but not a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, number eight was Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, and then I went to uh, I was kind of on a, a big looking through this now a big Nintendo run through and so my number nine was zelda link's awakening the remake on the nintendo switch uh my second zelda game actually my first was ocarina of time in 2019 on the n64 and then i played this one and i liked it i liked it a lot and i think it was because it was a bit shorter it wasn't as in and and i keep using this word intensive or just um you know kind of thorough in terms of like a, maybe a skyward sword or a twilight princess or even like a breath of the wild it was it was cute it was fun it was short you got out of it what in it you know what it's intended you know to do for you mm-hmm. fun I, re- I really did enjoyed it um i enjoyed it a lot and uh number 10 this is where this is where um things get problematic <laughs> one of the worst games this year and, you know, caveat, because I played it co-op, and that was The Legend of Zelda Four Swords on the GameCube. Uh, wife and I played this game. Yeah, thought it was a fantastic idea. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, we were, we were texting about this a lot. And it was just one issue after another issue after another issue. Um, so this might, this might be a good 10-minute chunk of just me talking about this, but let me just, in, in, in a short, as best as I can. Uh, Nintendo, why do you make things so difficult? <laughs> like, and the thing is, just like I keep going back to you over and over, but you make it hard to love you. For example, uh, Zelda Four Swords. If you want to play this game, two players, three players, four players, the normal thing to do is to just plug in two GameCube controllers, and there you go. Period. Well, no, it's not going to be that easy. Uh, you have to have two three, or four Game Boy Advance consoles, handhelds, with the Link adapter plugged into the controller port of the GameCube if you really want to play this game multiplayer. And 
we ended up doing it. Like, we had two Game Boy Advances. I went and bought two uh, link cables from uh, the retro game store here that is local. And we, we did it. And that's not the end. Like, the game is actually frustrating multiplayer again this is coming from a multiplayer perspective if i would have had played this game single player i would have thought it was a you know a decent zelda game um just just the mechanics and just the accessibility makes it really hard to love definitely one of those games where it got intense uh, and we got frustrated with each other many a times long story long story short we did beat it not going to lie though we had to and keep in mind, we're playing on our Game Boy Advances, which means she has she, she's playing on the regular Game Boy Advance, which is battery-operated. I'm playing on my Game Boy Advance SP, which is charger-operated. You can't charge the SP while you're playing. Two, batteries, you know, have a certain amount of time before they die. Yep. It was during the final boss to where we actually had a we had another commitment that we had to do, and we were we were pushing hours into this game. We were really wanting to finish the game before we actually had like a real life commitment that we had to attend, like a meeting for something that we had to be there for, and we literally had to. And, and you know, because it's during the pandem- pandemic, um, this is going to be through Zoom and what this real life meeting we had to do, so we were able to stay home, but we literally had to hit pause and put our consoles on the coffee table. For oh, a solid hour, that's scary. until until this meeting was done. During the final boss, batteries still in. No way to re. You know, if you take out those batteries, keep in mind you take out those batteries or or cut off one of the consoles, it resets the entire game. Doesn't matter if you're player two. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like the game gets reset. So it was scary. Somehow we were able to pick it back up and finish it off, and I was so glad to be done with this game. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this game other than that. You know, it was just a very bad experience because of the trouble that they uh, make you go through. For example, and I'll get to this game, Super Mario Superstar Saga. You just plug in two GameCube controllers and that's it. You you play. You're able to play. But with with, uh, Four Swords, it is an issue. So number 11, Sonic Adventure DX. So we're kind of continuing with the theme of GameCube, uh, which is actually one of the games you gave me. Mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure DX. So at this point in time, uh, this is about March. Uh, this is my second Sonic game I've ever played. Uh, again, Sonic Forces number one. Now we got Sonic Adventure DX. And that was a game I had to push myself to play and finish. I'm glad I did. Like, I, I understand now what the game is about, and a lot of people love that game, mainly for nostalgia reasons on the Sega Genesis. Um, not right. Genesis, on the Sega Saturn, actually. I think yeah, it was. yeah, it was Saturn. No, it was, that was a Dreamcast game. Dreamcast, sorry. Dreamcast, that was a Dreamcast yeah. game. I always get confused with all three of them. But yeah, Dreamcast, it was fun. But yeah, Sonic Adventure DX, that was number 11. Number 12, got a big one, and this was one I'm actually probably the most proud of actually beating um and is my third game of the year and that is zelda breath of the wild okay yeah that i'm sure we could talk a <laughs> nauseam about Breath yeah. of the wild this is uh this was the first game we bought when we got a nintendo switch uh mainly for nikki and it was it was i always viewed it as a very ambitious game for me to actually attempt to play and i never thought i was actually going to beat it or play it I mean, or beat it or complete it. 
it just it was just so big and, and I, it was like a year-long journey of just watching Nikki play through it and completing this and doing that and just still playing it and still playing it and still playing it and I thought there's no way I'm gonna be able to start and in all of 2019 literally the entire 2019 year I would just I would I would love the idea of wanting to play it and start it but then I would just go on Twitch and just watch other people play it and just like chat <laughs> and just like that was my that was my cup of breath of the wild for you know for the time being right and i just funny enough in 2019 though when we or, or it might have been 2018 when we first got the switch i attempted i actually got off the great plateau and that was it like i never picked it up back up really for a solid year um i was proud i got that far but i, I think it was kind of a, a signal of okay we finally we're finally starting after all the stuff you have to do to get off the great plateau now or the journey finally begins and i was already just exhausted i'm like I okay. you were talking about long tutorials yeah for sure so I, I don't know what it was but i'm like you know what let's do it l- l- i think it was i was on a roll of you know the games that i kind of had started and there was already a save file let's go back to it let's start and this was during quarantine i remember very vividly this was um during May- march or april during quarantine and i was just every day putting in the hours i what i really loved about kind of the strategy i took toward this game uh, to really help break it up and make it more manageable was literally do just that i think every single time i was like my first goal was to knock out all the towers and just kind of log in all the towers so i can complete the map did that in a, a reasonable amount of time very quickly actually and then my goal was to um, kind of, you know, go to shrines and, and go to different uh, points on the map, like the villages and stuff like that. Just taking a bit by bit instead of just, okay, do whatever and explore and this and that. Like, I, I had to have a goal if I really wanted to progress. And it ended up going to, okay, now let's go to the Divine Beast. And after the Divine Beast, I went immediately straight, basically straight to Ganon, to the Hyrule Castle. And... I beat it. I, I I clocked 55 hours, but I, when I got this, when I beat this game, I was very proud of myself because I knew this was a long ways coming. Uh, again, 2019, like Nikki would get so frustrated because she had already beat the game. She loved the game. She wanted to see me play the game, but I would be like, I think I might start Breath of the Wild and then come home from work and just turn on Twitch and watch someone else play it. She'd just get so frustrated. Like it was just, it was relaxing. It was easy. I knew it was work. If I started this game, it's easier just to, you know, watch someone else play. But I finally beat it. Very glad I did. It'll probably be two to three years after Breath of the Wild 2 comes out that I'll probably end up playing Breath of the Wild 2. Like it's just not one of those things where I'm like, I have to play the day it comes out. I don't think you guys haven't even considered sniffing age of calamity yet well nikki absolutely if i bought it for her she would already been playing it but not i uh appreciate it for what it is Uh, again very glad i played breath of the wild it's the top number you know it's the number three game of the year for me um so it hit that list it hit that mark but again it was a personal achievement of mine for sure to have that game under my belt but number 13 splatoon 2 Again, trending on the uh, Nintendo Switch and the, just the Nintendo uh, run. Uh, Splatoon 2, never played the first one. Played the second one, obviously, but the multiplayer first. Um, mm-hmm. Nikki and I really enjoy the multiplayer. The multiplayer, as of now, gets a little old the, the longer I play it. Um, and just kind of gets boring. It's, it's a nice little quick fix for 15 to 30 minutes, and, and I'm kind of good. But I was like, I want to play the single player. 
And it was good. It was fun. It was short. The final boss is hard and very frustrating. I didn't even know it had a single player. It has a single player. The bosses are awesome. I'm not going to lie. The like the just how they look, just the gameplay, everything. The bosses are awesome. I tell you what though, I was this close to throwing my pro controller on the ground. That's how frustrated I was. I didn't do it, thank God. But that boss is killer, hard, very hard. There, there's just too many stages to it. Like, I, I, again, you know, I like the easy and the shorter route. If you have three or four or five stages to one boss, that becomes an issue for me. <laughs> Mainly because it becomes difficult. But Splatoon 2, I enjoyed it. Number 14, a co-op game that Nikki and I played together and really enjoyed. Um, and that was Knack on the PS4. It was actually, Knack is actually a PS4. It was a launch title. And it's, it's a unique game. It's, it's kind of like a platformer, beat-em-up, action-adventure. It, it's, it's a really cute game. Re- really phenomenal game. Graphics look amazing as well. And an awesome co-op game. Uh, if you ever wanted to play a co-op game, hit up Knack. Very fun. Number 15, Pokemon Sun. Uh, had to throw another Pokemon game onto the okay. list this year. And I was kind of working backwards, and that was mainly because at the time that I played Pokemon Sun, I only had Pokemon Sword and Shield, X and Y, and Sun and Moon. So um, I just naturally played Sun next. You know, it's a Pokemon game. I I really did enjoy the Hawaii region, and I really love islands, and I love the water, and just the beach kind of feel uh, of games. So I I did appreciate that much. Nothing much more to say about that um, in terms of the you know Pokemon Sun. Glad I glad I played it. Glad I beat it, and that's on the list of games I had beaten, and, and Pokemon games as well. Because that's you you got your Fire Emblem cake. I, I'm I'm going to be pursuing this 2021, you know, finishing the remainder of the Pokemon games. So and and Nuzlocking all of them. Yeah, uh, sure, we'll say that. You know, Ultra <laughs> Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are considered like the like the toughest ones to Nuzlocke from what I've Ooh, heard. Really, I've heard Platinum was pretty hard too. Platinum is very tough also. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm not even going to bring that discussion up. <laughs> but uh, number 16, um, this will pique your interest. Chibi-Robo. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and kind of going through it, I actually played more GameCube games than I than I realized. But Chibi-Robo, um, I remember we, had, we were having conversations while I was playing this game. Vividly remember this game. I actually, during this time, I bought a small CRT TV. Um, I think it was like... Gosh, 15, 16, 20 inches, like really small. But I bought it because I know the retro games look phenomenal on these older tube TVs because that's, uh-huh. well, they, they, that's where they were created for. And Chibi Robo looked pretty good on that TV, not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, absolutely. And it was fun uh, playing through that game on that TV. Uh, there was a, a lot, lot of side stuff I could have played that I did not go through, but I did, I did beat it. I did play the game. I got out of it what I wanted to. Slower paced the game, but I appreciated the originality and the uniqueness of it all. Really enjoy having played that game this year. 17. This one was an interesting one. Klonoa 2 on the PS2. This is a uh, platformer that is definitely underrated. It's a hidden gem, absolutely. And um, Klonoa 1 is actually um, a game that came out on the PlayStation 1. 
and both of these games are pretty expensive. PlayStation 1, uh, Klonoa is pretty expensive. It's in the hundreds, I think. Uh, maybe 100 150 But Klonoa 2 is about a $50, $40 PS2 game, which is actually pretty expensive for a PS2. Uh, and I bought this game at a flea market for, I think I want to say $2. But glad I played it. It was fun. I remember very vividly this was during quarantine as well. Might have been June, July. Uh, but Klonoa 2, don't play many platformers, but definitely enjoyed this one and appreciated this one as well. It, there's also a Klonoa on the Wii that is on my uh, list of games to buy for the Wii. So I know we don't talk about the Wii a whole lot because right. of certain reasons, but there is, you know, Klonoa is one of them. I am more than willing to talk about the Wii. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to talk about the Wii too. I, I need to I need to play more games on it, that, period. I think it, to to fully get a... To really get a true opinion, I, I need to get some more games on my catalog to, to play on the Wii, but th- that's a definitely another conversation for another time. Uh, an- another random game, number 18 on my list, uh, Powerpuff Girls Chemical Extraction is a random, random, random game on the PS1. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, on the PS1, I like the Powerpuff Girls, watched it a little bit as a kid, so I was curious um, to play this game. We picked it up at a flea market for like a dollar. And I beat this game in one sitting. I think it was literally like a two-hour game. Cool. Nothing much to say about it, but it is definitely a, you know, what you would expect from my Powerpuff Girl game. Uh, more just like a beat 'em up, basically. Okay. Number nineteen, a bit of a random and interesting one as well. We're on a Cartoon Network kick, but uh, Ben Ten Protector of Earth. I thought we were gonna drop a Kids Next Door reference. Oh, uh, no, um, I know there is a Kids Next Door game out there on the original Xbox and PS2 that we actually found or came across at a retro game store this week on the original Xbox, codenamed Kids Next Door. I think it was like a $5 game. And you didn't want it? You know, if I didn't have a backlog, I might have picked it up and we would have played it. But yeah, Ben 10, played that on the PSP, my first ever PSP game, which is interesting to play ben 10 on but it was fun I'm a, I'm a fan of ben 10 i've watched it as a kid don't really watch it now but it was cool you know it was a beat-em-up as well short game but number 20 this is where the intensity comes because this game is the worst game on my list banjo kazooie grunties Ooh, revenge you're gonna, you're gonna get some hate maybe i don't know how people feel about about i don't think that's that's the game boy one right it's the game boy advance one it's not it's not the one on the n64 i don't think a lot of people actually really played this game <sighs> yeah i i played this i played it i played it this year you know what i'm about to say you know what i'm about to go into <sighs> And I don't know why this is a trend with Game Boy Advance games or just the older games or just just random games that I play in general. Right. But the games are good. The games are enjoyable until the final boss. And it's like the developers wanted to just like turn the difficulty meter. They they just want to break the handle, actually, and just make it absolutely frustrating to where you don't want to finish the game. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a curve. It's a spike in difficulty. (sighs) It's yeah. like a curve works. You can do a difficulty curve, sure, but you can't do a difficulty spike. It doesn't just—it's actually at the end of the game. Exactly. And so let me just go through. I—I I love going through this. Just it—it get, it gets me, you know, the anger out every time I talk about it. Just to just to make fun of how stupid this game is at the end. Uh, so you're fighting the final boss. You, you've got Grunty, who's the final boss, who's a witch, and. Uh, in order to get to the final boss, there's this like little time limit thing to even access her 
door, basically. So you have to do this little, uh, it takes a good minute or two to even access her door. So, and you have to access this door every time you die. So you get there, you know, you got the boss opening and you fire her first stage, you know, whatever, you know, cool. Not, not too bad. And then, and then why was this a good idea? Not sure. Maybe if it was a little less difficult, it might be a cool little thing, but they inserted a mini game, a quiz show into the final boss segment. Okay, I will applaud you for like creativity that it's again, these questions are like, you hear a little soundtrack of a, of a level, you know, what, what, what soundtrack is this level based off of, you know, questions oh, like gosh. that, or even, or even like a snippet of a level and you have to, you only have this picture and you have to guess what level this picture is from just random questions like that. And there's even mini games in this quiz, could, which could take up to, you know, a two minutes to four minutes, depending on the time. And cool. You pass the first quiz show. And now you're on to the second phase of the final boss, which is not the final boss, but instead is actually the boss's assistant. So basically a mini boss fight. Okay. You beat the mini boss and guess what? You have to go back to the quiz show and you have, and, and this quiz show is even longer this time. This is the second phase of the quiz and you have to answer more questions and get more answers right. Keep in mind, if you mess up and don't answer any of these questions right, you have to go back and play that last phase of the boss again. So th there is a lot of opportunity to mess up and never finish this game because of how it's created. Long story short, you get past the second phase of the quiz and you get finally to the final boss fight. And it's difficult. It's not easy. Long story short, it took me probably about four hours of one sitting to actually beat the final boss. And... That goes down in my book uh, completely of uh, the the worst um, game design and just boss fight I've ever had to do. It, it really ruined the game, unfortunately, because if the game would have been a little bit of challenge, you know, a little bit little challenging, but you you overcome it, sure, okay, uh, you know, it's a decent game, but it absolutely ruined it. So that definitely goes down in my worst games of this year. Well, I don't know if you know about this, but like Banjo Kazooie games have like a history of of making some like odd decisions on things okay tell me about it it was like the original game I, I don't know too much about it but this is from what i've heard if you like if you entered like too many cheat codes in the game and like grunty would just like delete your save file oh boy no sir <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know exactly like what the context is that would cause it but I do know, like, there there was a situation where if you just entered, if you entered too many cheat codes, Grunty would, like, and I think the game would warn you, like, hey, if you delete, if you enter another cheat code, you're getting your save file deleted. But yeah, then it would flat out just delete your save file and you're done. I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't mess around with my save files. And now I'm not going to put in any cheat codes anyways, but you don't mess around with my save files. My, my thing would be, why are they in the game if, if you're going to delete my save file for using them? Exactly. Exactly. Very interesting. Didn't know that. Okay. Interesting. Uh, moving on though, uh, number 21 of my list of 27, um, continuing on with this Cartoon Network run, uh, didn't know I beat so many Cartoon Network games, but Teen Titans on the PS2. Okay. 
it was a co-op game my wife and I played as well, and it was a beat-em-up. Nothing much to say about that. We beat it in one sitting, maybe two, and it was a game to just add to the list, basically. Fan of Teen Titans, so it was cool. Uh, number 22, uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Star Wars The Clone Wars on the original Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a random short game for me uh, to decide to play that. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was actually kind of pretty relaxing, not going to lie. Unlike Halo, where the mechanics to driving vehicles is absolutely ridiculous, it's actually kind of yes. therapeutic to to drive some of these, these vehicles and, and ships in Star Wars The Clone Wars. It, it's very easy and the game works with you a lot and it it makes it fun so that was a game um nothing much to say about that one either but it was on the list i played it i beat it it was cool uh number 23 was um man i, I yeah an interesting one super princess peach on the ds that was i think i've heard of that one it was fun at, at the beginning then then i you know when i got closer to the middle and to the end i was ready to be done with the game nothing against the game I respect it for just the originality that Peach has her own game. You know, that's cool. On the DS, love the DS. But yeah, platformer. Um, don't play too many platformers. So it was kind of hard, but I, I managed. I managed. Boss fights, I managed as well. I'm always hesitant with Mario boss fights because, again, I'm on the struggle bus many a times and it's it proves difficult for me. But yeah, a game that I, you know my wife had already played before and I, I decided to pick it up and play it. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. 24, this is where I started streaming, and the rest, you know, will be going through the games I also streamed, but also, yeah, during that time, and I remember, this is August, Call of Duty Black Ops, the first one, single player. Never played the single player game of really any Call of Duty games, and uh, this was the first, and I put a lot of hours into Black Ops online, so I was very curious to see what I missed out on for the single player, and I'm not gonna lie, I kind of missed out on the single player the single player is kind of good actually good enough that i enjoyed it and was pretty impressed for for a call of duty game to have you know such a single player story that is intentional and is good and it has quality and it's you can tell time and, and effort was put into it i mean it stands out as one of the better ones um, i mean call of duty single players there's i don't think there's too many good ones like no. you have call of, you have like modern warfare 2 and I think like Black Ops, like one, like I think those are the main ones yeah. that really stand out right. as ones that you can tell like they really put work into the single player. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think I heard um, a YouTuber I was watching a video recently basically say you know when it comes to like new hardware or new generation of consoles you know always check the single player Call of Duty games around that time because they usually try to push you know, the graphics and push what those newer generation of consoles can actually do. And there mm. might be something to that. Actually, it's an underrated perspective, but there might be something to that. My issue with the with the single player games is less the less how they look and more just like a lot of times the story they're telling in their games is just kind of dumb. Yeah. Like sure. it is not good. Yeah, Ghost is is like one that just stands out to me as one that's just like kind of dumb every step along the way. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, I'm sure that's the whole conversation that I probably cannot have because again, Black Ops One was basically the only campaign that I played. But I I know there's there's mixed conversation uh, right. that I've heard and seen. But um, uh, last three though, 
last three of the year for me. Number 25, Pokemon Emerald. Um, it was a trip down memory lane, and I was glad I played it this year. Did not play this game since back in 2005 when I had it as a kid. Streamed the majority of it, and it, it was cool. It was fun. I, I'm glad I played it again. Uh, shout out to uh, Rayquaza, my dog. Wouldn't have wouldn't have beat that game without you. <laughs> yeah, I I was watching. I remember because I I didn't watch the stream live, but I did tune in yeah. like the next day to to watch it, and I was like, I was I, you were coming up on you were in Victory Road, I think. Yeah. And I'm like. I don't know how he's going to get through here because none <laughs> of his Pokemon are anywhere close to being leveled enough for this. Yeah. But you had a level 70 Rayquaza who just, <laughs> who just powered through. Yeah, and again, I, by that point, I got everything out of the game that I pretty much wanted or intended. Um, I mm. caught Rayquaza, you know, I, you know and, there, and I left some other stuff. There's a lot of legendary stuff that I can go back to and have some fun with. But, you know, I was like, Let, let's just power through. Let's finish it off if we can and we did and we could so we did it, it was fun i'm glad i played it uh but the last two which we've already talked about a little bit halo combat evolved halo 2 never played a halo game other than halo 3 like maybe three to five matches online back in my call of duty days in high school so i wanted you to get you know uh some experience in the single player and honestly you know if if you're a halo fan sure you know i can see this you know being a a cool thing for the Master Chief Collection, but in terms of someone who is playing Halo to play Halo for the first time, you know, it didn't really stick out all too much to me. Um, right. Nothing crazy. I, I will say, you know, the, you know, again, the jump from Halo 1 to Halo 2, I could see that objectively, and kudos to them for, for making that change and making those improvements. Uh, but, I, you know, and we've talked about this too, I'm not the biggest sci-fi guy. I have my exceptions, but when it comes to, you know, aliens and ships and space, even zombies, you know, just stuff that is overused, I tend to just kind of get bored with it. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of repetitive, too, with, within the Halo realm of the gameplay. But, I'm again, I'm glad I played them. I'm glad I played them with you. That was kind of fun, not going to lie, playing them co-op, because I would have been maybe bored. Pretty yeah, bored no, very was, quickly. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. So that's all the ones that you had. Do yeah. you want to list your... I know you said them during it. Do you want to list your top three and yeah. your worst one one more time just to make sure we got it all yeah. laid so out? So our top three. Top three we got Borderlands, number one, just because, again, if if I'm at work and I'm I'm itching to go back home and play the game that I'm currently playing, that's it's a win for me. And that was, unfortunately, the only game that really had that pull for me. So number one, Borderlands on the 360. So what I played it on. Uh, number two, Persona 4 Golden. And number three, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Top three for me. All really good games. Um, and especially Persona 4 Golden and Breath of the Wild. Two solid games to play in one year. And again, to kind of make my top two. And by far the worst and the most frustrating, Banjo-Kazooie, Grunty's Revenge. Alrighty. Well, I think that's going to wrap up what we have here today. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, so th that was fun. Hopefully, um, you know, you guys as listeners are, you know, enjoyed kind of looking back through our year of, of video games and kind of what we played and, you know, what we what we were able to partake in. Uh, we're curious to know what, you know, what you guys played and, and if you guys keep track of uh, the games you play, if you write those down, um, and the games you play and beat. 
Also, if you want to keep up with us, uh, we also have a Twitter and an Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at PYW Podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at the PYW Podcast. So you can keep up to date with just some video game content as well as uh, updates to when we post our episodes as well. So be sure to follow us on our social media to uh, stay up to date with what we have to post and to keep engaged. But we'll see you next time for episode three. See you then.